Welcome to the Common Ground Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell Movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now, here are your co-hosts, Megan Rawlings and... Kevin Whitham. Hey, welcome everybody. We're glad to have you back for our Common Grounds podcast. I'm Kevin Whitham along with my co-host. Megan Rawlings. And I'm so hey, happy hey. to be here. <laughs> you sound happy. We're so glad to be together uh, with Matt Dabbs, who is back with us for another podcast. Matt is a church planter. Uh, he is a preacher of the word, a student of the word, and he um, oversees wineskins, which is he a... He also is a writer. Don't forget that part. And a writer, so many hats that he wears. And uh, in our last podcast, he took us in a number of good directions um, related to the restoration movement, our unity movement, the Stone Campbell movement. So I, I'm going to start up. Matt, good to have you back. And glad yes, to have well, thank you, you for us. having me back. And uh, Matt, in our last podcast, we were talking about uh, restoration and unity and balancing those things. And of course, I think those are questions that anybody who's a child of the Stone Campbell movement has wrestled with. As you kind of think about your own background and heritage, what are the things that you appreciate about your heritage in the Stone Campbell movement? Yeah, well, I think that the love of Scripture is just so embedded in our bones. And I guess there may be a little concern that we're kind of sliding, you know, in our scriptural knowledge just a bit. But I think we emphasize Scripture really, really well. And and just having that anchor, having that that bedrock that, you know, what God said, He really meant. Now, we may differ on interpretations and things, but, you know, I was really challenged as a kid that, you know, you, you take everything that's being said and you kind of have the preacher or the teacher or whatever, and you just keep going back to the word. You just keep going back to the word and uh, make sure that all these things align. And if they don't, you know, you go with the Bible, not with the preacher and these kinds of things. So yeah, I, I really I, love and I respect up, that. I grew up with that strong sense of be a Berean, search yes. the scriptures. And, and not putting too much trust or confidence in men, but in the word. Megan, I'm, one of the things, Megan's uh, in, the, in the stream of the independent Christian churches, and we've got folks in the ICOC stream and, and in the Churches of Christ. I think that is a area of common ground that we all hold dear, that, that Scripture informs our faith. Uh, what what else? Elaborate a little bit on that. What are some other areas that uh, really kind of keep you tied to this movement and hopeful for its future? Yeah, well, I, I just want to hone down or like just drill in a little bit more on that point because, you know, what God told us about things is really important. And he speaks into a lot of things. And, you know, for us to really take the Bible seriously, to really study it and be in it and to try to live in, in line with it and in tune with it and, 
you know, believe what the apostles taught. I mean, all that is just, it, it, I just, I can't name very many days in my life that I just moped around regretting having done what the Bible told me to do, you know, yeah. but I can think of an Perfect awful lot too. of times that I kind of went my own way and, and had plenty of regrets, you know, so there's a lot of wisdom in there. And, and I think that that was just such an important component of, of, of my upbringing and of my faith as well. You know, but what ends up happening is kind of funny is, you know, sometimes when we, we take scripture seriously, we find our traditions lacking. And, you know, and, and so we, we end up challenging some things and, and, you know, you can end up getting branded a, a liberal if you're not careful for, for taking <laughs> the Bible too seriously. But, you know, I, I really do respect that and love that and appreciate that about our movement. And, and I think along with that, that we... Um, we're not, we're not really afraid to worry about what other people thought about us. You know, we were maybe just a little bit odd or a little bit different or, you know, there were all kinds of jokes about just kind of us in heaven over in the corner or whatever. And, you know, I'm not, not saying sectarian being sectarian is good, but we were afraid just to be who we really thought we were supposed to be, to be well differentiated from the world and to stand out and to be different. You know, I think there's a lot of good in that. Now, that can become a pride issue. That can become some kind of badge of honor or something that might get out of out of line. But, but I think the principles are good. Yeah. Are you seeing like a greater uh, integration between the streams of this movement? Hmm. Well, it seems like we're starting just to see the beginnings of that, I hope. And I see that in what you're doing. I mean, with what you're doing, that kind of sparks some conversations with uh, between myself and some of the international churches of Christ that are you know close by, and, and some of their ministers that I just hadn't had those connections before. And then with what you know, with what's happening with Renew and uh, Bobby Harrington up in Franklin, bringing people together from international churches and Christian churches and churches of Christ into disciple making cohorts and learning communities. I just think that's such a great effort and. You know, I, I think that there's going to be, there has to be something that kind of just brings all this together in a very real way, because I think otherwise we can say, in other words, I'm not entirely sure what's going to move us from theoretical fellowship to like actual fellowship, right? Like I can say, I accept you. I can say we're one in Christ, but like for churches of Christ, we don't even play with other churches of Christ in town, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't get together to serve. We don't get together to fellowship. We don't get together to sing. We don't get together for any of those kinds of things. And so if we're not even doing that within our own branch, then, I mean, it, I'm just not entirely certain what it's going to take for us to actually make it real, like life on life, people with people rather than just, well, those guys over there, yeah, they're Christians. You know, there's, there's kind of levels to that. Mm -hmm. What are some practical steps? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what are practical steps you would advise uh, Christians in a community or a city to take that are in this movement? And and we could of course discuss even beyond our own movement. Um, But what practical steps would you take? Uh, We're, we're, we've got some thoughts in here in common grounds, but what are some thoughts that you'd offer to folks? Uh, to take some initial steps towards greater unity? That's such a great question. I, You know, part of what drives our behavior is our own emotional maturity levels or immaturity levels. 
And what I mean by that is a lot of what drives church decision-making, which would drive, we're going to get together with such and such church over in the other town, is a fear of reaction from certain members of the congregation. So if my church says, we're going to go hang out with uh, Tuskegee Church or whatever, well, I know I'm going to go hear from brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so is going to say, well, are they... are, are are they sound or, you know, they just, elders know what kind of pushback they're going to get. And a lot of elders are going to do everything within their power to not cause friction. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big hurdle. Like how th- there's just so much legwork to even walk us up to being comfortable saying, Oh, those guys over there are actually Christians, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, that's, that's hard. Uh, and, and I think, I mean, we could say, well, it could be this program or that, but at the end of the day, it's going to take some real heart work, some real scripture work, and if I'm being real honest, some repentance. I mean, if we're excluding family members from God's family and not recognizing them, I mean, that's that that needs some repentance, you know, in order to it, move forward. We're, it, it, in other words, we can change our view. This is how we've always acted. We say, well, we just need a better view. We just need a new opinion. We we need we need we need more accurate doctrine or better biblical teaching. Well, what about what about our love for people and our passion for for people and our desires to be around them or not? Does that count for anything? You know, yeah. And, heart, and so, heart issues, right? Yeah, and and getting back to relationship so issues. Yes, you know what? One of the things I've I've noticed, you know, we're, when we talk about these things, we often talk about. Um, leadership and pushback and joint worship. And I think that's one of the things that uh, when Common Grounds got started that really sparked something in me was that instead of talking about large grassroots efforts of getting people in big groups together, this idea of just a cup of coffee with Mm -hmm. somebody in your town who is a believer in another stream of this movement and boy, that's happened here on our local level. And just getting to know brothers and sisters in Christian churches and ICOC congregations has brought so many of those barriers down as we see one another's hearts and as we uh, realize that we all have similar passions for the kingdom. And um, so I, I, I hear what you're saying at a, at a level way up here where I think when we try to do it in kind of big group fashion, which is kind of what we're used to, all together yes. worship assemblies, getting our churches together. Maybe this just person-to-person effort will gain a lot more momentum. So, Yeah, I, I really do hope it does. It, it, it's, it's really easy to demonize a stranger, right? Mm. But, you know, the yeah. other thing that we get into is we are so competitively natured. It's like, if a new church pops up in town, we don't celebrate that for the kingdom. We get concerned about who we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. And that, that competitive nature puts us at odds with other churches. I mean, there, there could be a real fear amongst the leadership to say, well, if we go hang out with them and they, if our members hear their worship leader, we're going to lose some people. If our members hear that preacher, we're going to lose some people. And then, it's, it's like you're, you're playing a, like a competitive sport, mm-hmm. you know, 
and instead of being yeah. on the same team and celebrating. And and what a sad commentary when you look at the state of the world and uh, the unbelief out there. It just seems like this is such a critical time for Christians to stop looking at other Christians and saying they are somehow our competition and instead saying, hey, we're, we're one big family with one common mission. But boy, that really takes a shift in thinking for a lot of folks. It really does. Do you yeah. think that the church has kind of, I hate saying this, but kind of done it to itself in the sense that, you know, we keep meeting people where they are, which is good. But it's not just meeting them where they are as sinners and then leading them to Christ. But it's meeting them where they are, making them comfortable. And then it's, oh, you want us to change the carpet to hardwood? Okay. Oh, you don't like hymns anymore? Okay. And then so on and so on. And it's just been kind of a slow progression to now where church is very me-focused. And it's very, how can you help me have this worship experience instead of coming to church with the mindset, how do I join the church body in a worship experience. Does that make any sense? It does. I mean, I, I agree. Like you reap what you sow. And, and I think that that consumer culture can exist even in very conservative places. Sure. But it might look different. So, you know, because on one hand, I'm going to say, well, but at the same time, okay, most churches of Christ haven't haven't bowed into this or that issue or things people are going to ask for. You know, they didn't add the band. They don't have a woman preacher. They don't, you know, you like go down these lists of like most churches of Christ have not crossed certain lines. So on one hand, or, you know, probably Christian churches and and, and international churches as well. So, you know, you, you can't, on, on one hand, I'm just so tempted to say, well, a lot of them are still holding firm on so many things, but that doesn't mean that you're still not consumer driven. Right. Because you can be ultra conservative, even sectarian, and still the elders are driven by the members who complain the most. And, and it's really easy for us to say, well, it's the young people who are consumeristic. But when when the older people, you know, bend the ears of the elders who often are kind of paying a lot of the budget and trying to get things a certain way, that that's the exact same problem. If not, maybe actually a worse problem because they're more mature. You know, they should know better than that. And I think we're also in that unique situation where now the church has five generations in it as mm. to where people haven't really lived this long and been, you know what I mean? Like the, like the amount of people in the greatest generation, um, it's kind of unique, I think, because of medicine or whatever. Um, and I think it's, you know, how do you please five generations and how do you meet all of them and all of their needs? It's it's definitely a unique challenge that's exciting yeah. and, and opportunity, opportunity out the door. Well, you know, if you get down to the core of division, we want to say, well, unity would look like this church with this church. If these two churches could get along or these 10 churches could get along... Y'all have said, well, and I think you're you're right in your approach to say, well, what if we could just get the minister with the minister or an elder with an elder and kind of get to know, and then maybe that kind of bleeds over into larger efforts. And I think that's a really wise strategy. But if you get down on a micro level and you look at an individual congregation, you're going to find that the division continues down to a micro level. Mm-hmm. because you have a youth ministry, let's say, in a church where now you have, and, and like at Auburn Church where I was, we have a youth ministry, a campus ministry, and then 
everyone else. It's like three churches meeting under that roof. Mm-hmm. And those groups don't always see eye to eye, even within one congregation. And then we're trying to say, well, let's be, let's have this church that's three churches unite with that other church somehow, you know? And so we, I have to say at the end of the day, I think it boils down to love because we could say, well, let's just learn more doctrine or let's memorize more verses or something. But if we don't have love, it, it's like, how, how do you end up spending time around someone who's not like you? Because that's what we think about other, the others. And it's going to take a real love for people. It's going to take like an Oprah-like interest in like asking people questions and, and, you know, being interested. See, I, I think that's our, our, our heart problem. It's, we want to say, well, we believe this and you believe that, therefore we're divided. But I think it's a love problem. I think it's a pride problem and a love problem, not a doctrine problem. Hmm. There are doctrinal problems. But until you solve the heart problem, you can say, well, see, now we agree on whatever issue it is. Or you could say, well, we don't agree on that issue still, but now we know it's not a salvation issue, but I still don't want to spend any time with them. And I think, too, really do, you, do you think some of this, too, Matt, is geographic? So uh, from the introduction that we gave you in our first podcast, you and I have got a couple of things in common. We both went to the same university, and we both ministered in California. Matt, you've ministered. I've ministered in California and Texas, you in, in California and uh, Alabama. It's probably different in Alabama than it is in California, but I think one of the things being out here for me in Southern California for many years has been, I don't feel that we have the luxury to protect our turf and stay um, divided, that the need has become so great Churches have shrunk to such a degree that, man, I'm feeling like I, I've got to get together with everybody who loves Christ and, and mm. has a heart for the gospel. And boy, let's get back to it and see God bring a revival. It, it probably feels different in places where that, that are more Bible Belt oriented. And, and there's been decline there, too, but it, it doesn't isn't felt as much. Is that a fair assessment from your experience? I think that's a really good point, Kevin. Yeah, I really do. I think I think that what's being experienced on the coast will will be here soon. Oh, I don't like hearing that. That's just terrible to think about. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just, ugh, I can't imagine. You know. Well, I mean, you know, it just depends on your perspective, right? Because I mean, if that drives us into deeper relationships and more connection. Um, there may be some real blessing in that, you know, that we're not experiencing enough. It takes down some walls and allows us to really experience community with people who are not just like me. I mean, that, this is the whole thing boils down to when, when I, when I'm sectarian, if I only love people who think just exactly like me, I'm pretty much just loving myself. Right. And, and so, you know, no, I think you're exactly right, Kevin. I think you're exactly right. I, I've, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I think, so like in the South, it used to just be, well, you could just build a church building, like if you're in Nashville or Florence or Dallas or someplace like that, and, and people will just show up. But that's yes. not happening much anymore. Mm. I'm, I'm sure there were times when you were in California when you wanted to take somebody who was maybe 
had a lifetime of the Bible Belt and say, just come out here and experience the difference and the need so you can see how critical uh, it is that, you know, we as believers kind of bring some of these barriers and walls down and stand as a family of believers in the face of just a whole lot of secularism and worldliness and, and see people brought to Christ and see lives changed. So, well, but at the end of the day, people are only going to do what they really want to do. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, that's why it's good for us to to bring people from different perspectives and places into this conversation and dialogue. Um, You know, as you, as you think about the different streams of the movement, um, what, what are some of the things that you've come to admire, some of the strengths that you see in each of these streams that you would like to you know, bring into your own practice and congregation more? What, what is something perhaps you've seen outside of our stream that you think, boy, that's healthy? Um, and that's Matt, something before that- you answer, don't say Megan and Kevin. Like, give us actual <laughs> feedback of things from the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was in there. I don't, I'm not sure, but, I, but I'm just venturing a guess. Are, are, are you are you asking only Stone Campbell influence uh, groups or are you asking that and? You know, maybe a little bit of both. You can expand that out. Feel feel free to take that where you want to go with it. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate within um, the, the Christian church and uh, international churches of Christ, the discipleship message. It, it seems to me like, you know, obviously that kind of went a little bit awry in international or, you know, Boston movement. Well, I mean, I was living in Gainesville there for a while, so we were kind of uh, close to where a lot of that kind of started. And, you know, there were obviously some issues with that, but it, it seems like um, there's been a lot of healthy correction there. And I really, I really appreciate the fact that there was a desire to reach the nations and, a desire to make disciples that a lot of other people had just kind of given up on or just checked out on. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I really, I really respect that. I admire that. I appreciate that, that there was at least a plan. Like you, you would get, you would go into uh, like an international church of Christ and understand that this is a church on mission, right? Like you would understand that there are expectations of me here and, the priesthood of all believers, like I'm going to get put to work in this body. And I think that's yeah. healthy. Like, I think those are all like really good, healthy principles. And I think like with the the Christian, and I know there's a lot of nuance to all of this, like not, not one size fits all and all that. Um, but, you know, I would say something fairly similar about the Christian church. And it, it just seems like organizationally they're doing well. Like they, they have, uh, you know, good vision, intentionality, good focus, good discipling for the most part. I mean, that, that's been my experience around a lot of, a lot of Christian churches. It's like you, you go into their culture and it's like, whoa, these, these people have it together. I mean, there's a plan and they're executing on the plan. You, you know, if it's working or not, and you know what they're trying to do, whether or not it's happening, but you know, I, I, I respect that. I appreciate that. And I guess what I'm saying is in, in those two streams, there wasn't like a feeling like we arrived. 
yet. Like we're still working, like we're still pressing on. Yeah. And I, th- I think in churches of we're, Christ, we're that's where we struggle just a bit, not to get off on that, but you know, just to say, I kind of felt like we, we were a movement that kind of stopped moving. It's like, you know, we hit our heyday and it's like, well, we finally figured it out. <laughs> you know, I guess we can kind of, <laughs> kind of hit, hit the brakes right here. And, and uh, but man, you, you got to keep moving. So yeah, that's what I would say there. I've already talked about churches of Christ in my own upbringing, you know, just the love of scripture and having that bedrock foundation and, and holding everything up to the Bible, even if it's the preacher or an elder, you know, I just, I just so admire that. I don't know how accurate that is. I mean, it's not like I've spent years well, and years in the Christian church. Am I am I accurate? Is this correct? Yeah, it, it, Megan, you're in that in, independent Christian church stream. Uh, does that ring true from your experience? What Matt said. So I that puts you in a bad position, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Can I pass? You can pass on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, from what from what you said, Matt, um, that kind of rings true from my experience. I admire those similar things. And I think one of the one of the benefits of conversations like this is um, you know, bringing people together from different pieces of this movement and and hearing the heart and hearing um the thinking and what's happening and, and getting a different picture of one another. So hmm. I, I like to hear our impressions about different streams of this movement and, and maybe some of those things will be corrected and, and changed and different through all of this. Yes. Yeah. So Megan, I, I think we're probably coming to a place where we need to, to wrap things up, but you've got an important question. I think to close us up with. I do, Matt. Um, since Common Grounds was established based on getting a cup of coffee and having a conversation, we like to ask our guests on the podcast, how do you take your coffee? Okay, so I've met with two different, three different uh, International Church of Christ leaders at Starbucks. And each time I've met with them, I've had a cup of water. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think uh, you're the second non-coffee drinker we've had in no this. No coffee uh, for me. Uh, Nick Zola, he wasn't a coffee drinker either, if I uh, remember correctly. So we've got this whole, whole assumption that we're going to get people having coffee together and having conversation. And we brought a bunch of non-coffee drinks. There we go. Great conversation, though. <laughs> so if we were to sit down and and Megan and I had a cup of coffee, what would, you'd be drinking water? Well, you got it. No caffeine for me. No coffee. Nope. Oh, I'm, I'm down to water. Oh. Well, Good we'll for you. Yeah. We will still fellowship. What gets yeah. you going in the morning? Uh, breakfast. <laughs> Okay, very good. I mean, I, good. I was addicted to Coca-Cola. I made the mistake. I was in the gym one day and I said to this one guy I'd see all the time, I'm like, hey, uh, we're talking about like health and stuff. And I'm like, well, I gave up Coke. And he looked oh at me like gosh. I was. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy. I said, no, no, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, you I'm glad you were in Ohio. You would have said, "Hey, I gave up pop," and it would have yeah, right. completely, completely <laughs> evaded that entire situation. That's right. That's exactly right. 
So if you are in the Auburn, Alabama area or surrounding communities, invite Matt Dabbs out for a glass of water. There we go. And uh, let's let's keep building on this uh, unity and conversation and dialogue. Matt, it has been so good to have you with us. And just about every question we've asked has led to probably other podcasts and conversations that we could have. Uh, You always feel like there's so much more to talk about, but well, we really just pray that uh, God blesses you, your new ministry there in Auburn, and uh, and the work of wineskins. You're doing good things and in, in bringing good material and thought-provoking ideas to uh, to Christian people, and we thank you for it. Absolutely, thank you, Kevin, Megan. Yeah, Matt, where can people find you on social media? Where, where's your blog? How how can they find you? So I have mattdabs.com. And I have the, uh, I'm on Facebook, but I also have the, if you look up wineskins on Facebook, um, you'll find the page there that we post all of our content to links to everything. So if it's a podcast or a video or an article, everything goes to the Facebook, uh, the wineskins Facebook page. I think it's just facebook.com slash wineskins. You can get to that. That's super easy to find. And that will get you everything. Mm. Very awesome. good. Okay. Well, yeah, I, well, I'd love to say a prayer for you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh, hey, I was we literally get ready to ask you that. Can I do that? Yeah. Please do. We would love that. All right. Father, I just pray that you will bless this ministry. I pray, God, that you will produce fruit from what John and Kevin and Megan are doing, that the work of their hands will be something that in, in their lifetime they will be able to see the the harvest and the benefit of what you've been working in them and through them, that the passion and the vision that you have given to them to bring unity to your people, we know that it's close to your heart. We know it's within your will. And so, God, I just pray for their success. I, I pray for you to raise up people just like them in a non-competitive way, to not, not see competition, Lord, but just to see kingdom progress, that the things that they are doing will spark a desire in the hearts of others to love other people well and to uh, to reach out to the people around them who are Christ followers, who are professing Christians, Lord. And and there are differences that certainly could divide us, but God, we just pray that you would give us the, the discernment to understand which things are essential and which things are peripheral. That, God, that you would give us patience in dealing with people who are not just like ourselves to see the work of the Holy Spirit in them, forming Christ in them, just as Paul said in the book of Galatians that he is in the pains of childbirth as until Christ is formed in the um, the believers there in Galatia. God, that through the work of your Holy Spirit, you are shaping lives. You are you are changing people, God, and we just love to see that. We love that we have a front row seat to that. And um, God, I just pray that uh, that you will bless this effort and that you will empower it. If there's any financial need for it, that you will give them what they need to carry on. And and, and God, that um, it will just reproduce and multiply for just for generations. This will have a generational impact, just as Peter said in Acts 2, that this promises for your children and for all who are far off, that this will not just have a generational impact, but will have an impact far beyond the United States, far beyond the West Coast or Alabama, but to the churches in Africa, to the churches in Asia, Lord, and, and many other places where uh, there is still division because there are just people there. Um, God just just use them in ways that they can't even foresee. Bless them, God, and thank, I thank you for them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Matt, may God bless you. Megan, thank you very much. So you all take care. Back. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. It's been a blessing. 
Look forward to you joining us on our next podcast. Megan, good to be with you. Good to be with you too. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast with Megan and Kevin. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.